live. There we are. Are you ready? Are you ready? Gotta get the theme tune. Gotta get the theme tune. Oh, my notes. Woo! Lockdown again edition. I am Turgy with me. He's my co host, the CEO of the show, <laughs> the potential dog owner. I don't even know what to call you anymore, but you definitely solved a, 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 a FBI murder mystery. It's Kieran. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing, I'm doing very well. And sorry, everyone, a few technical issues. Um, there was a lot of technical the, issues on with both the fancy ends, headphones so. and the and the app not working, and, you know. Um, Every, shout, out Niall, I, shout out to Niall. Shout out to Niall. He got the headphones went, working, went and coat. that's the important yeah. thing. That's the important thing there. I can't believe that we're back in a lockdown for Melbourne. We're back. Well, it's not a lockdown a, just yet. Well. What do you reckon? Tomorrow, you know what, lockdown. Yeah, well, you know, let's see. I've already got my COVID test done and dusted. So you've uh, had the COVID test. That means you now have you can't go out. You you're stuck at home. I am in lockdown. Results. Yeah, and you're not going to get your results. Would... You're not you're not going to get your results till tomorrow. Yes, that's right. So I thought to myself, what better way to spend my time than talking to you on the internet on a Tuesday when we usually record our show? But we thought, let's share it with the world. Let's share it with the world of the professionalism. That goes on when we do record a regular episode. And look, you know, we're on the YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, you can find a whole bunch of good stuff there, including all the live shows, uh, the actual chats with all the, with some of our uh, international guests, our conversation with the Flat Earther, which was an absolute riot. Uh, plenty of stuff me, to go over there. Tell, tell me more about that uh, that recent conversation you had. Okay, so I recently had an interview. I interviewed a gentleman who believed that he was an archangel, mm-hmm. uh, which is not a regular kind of angel, a different kind of angel with certain powers that God himself <laughs> gave him powers, and he's met God. Yeah. And in the same time, the U.S. government with the uh, Special Telepathic Police, STP. And every time I heard STP when he said it, all I could think of was um, Stone Temple Pilots, the band. But that's right. that's beside the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what, mm. what he was trying to discuss to me or tell me about was his experiences being an archangel, how he became one, and what was happening with the STP and the right. things that he was talking about was probably the weirdest and the most uncomfortable, like uncomfortable conversation I've had with someone ever. It, at one stage, he was telling me that um, no female or black STP officers were allowed to track him anymore because. Uh, he found out that some of them were attracted to their own children. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was. Uh, you wouldn't listen this to sounds, it. 
I, I'm I'm really looking forward to listening to this one. Okay, so we are gonna. Uh, you know what? I've sent it to you for pre-screening. <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't listened to it if, yet, so I, I'm I'm um uh, I think it's uh, tomorrow when I get in the car and go for my drive. It yeah. is going to be. Uh, I'm going to listen to that. I have sent it to you it's on Dropbox. So definitely have a listen to it if you think it's okay. Um, we will release it. If not, that might be something that we can share with some of our... <laughs> if you email us, we'll share it with you and we'll let you know because it might be one of those conversations that never gets to, to air. Like there's a few <laughs> other interviews like that. But this yeah. one here, I needed to talk to someone about because it was a, a little bit too insane for my end. But uh, but what a week that we've had here in, in sunny Melbourne from going out to doing a, a, a real live, uh, it, what was it called? A cinema, uh, 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 active uh, cinema uh, experience. Interactive cinema experience. An interactive cinema experience, which I had yeah, number yeah. one. No idea what the hell an interactive cinema experience no. is. Number two, there was too much pre-reading. So I had there no was idea. A lot of pre-reading. Pre-reading. So I'm really glad that I was able to copy and plagiarize off other people. <laughs> I was, I had a good time. I got to watch uh, Silence of the Lambs at the end. Awesome fun. But the 20 minutes of tr- standing around and talking to our friends and copying off our answers, I could have used more action. I know I died during the interactive activity. <laughs> but you did. You nonetheless... Did. Nonetheless, just like Clarice in the film, she died in her activity. I was that's how faithful I was in replicating the movie, I guess. Unlike you guys who just didn't who just didn't know. You know? That, that's just the genius of me. What can I say? What can I and say? And I have to but say, uh, our, our good friend Sorsha, who was acting in it. Yes. Um, you know, she she kept her composure when we were somewhat intoxicated. You could learn a, a thing or two because she was basically a presenter giving a lecture on psychology. You could <laughs> learn a thing or two. No, I was I was trying to mimic you, Turch. I was trying to <laughs> hang on. <laughs> uh, my favorite was when I was. Um... Oh, wait, wait, here we go. There you go. Uh, Open the hands. Hand the hands. <laughs> No one idea. No one in in YouTube world knows what we're talking about. That's right. No, my dad uh, was was there as well. He was sitting next to me, and I and they're like, "Oh, open palms like this means <laughs> open palms like this means that you you know you've got that interconnection. You're open about things." And I'm like, "Yeah, but in Italian, if you're doing this to someone, everyone's like, ah, oh, he's an, he's okay." <laughs> but Jess is asking the important question. Tell us about how you spilled a drink all over yourself. Very well, early in the evening. Very early very, on in the evening. That's a, that is a story, and I I will tell you a little bit a little bit about this. I think we have to backtrack um, to the beginning of the evening where I had two uh, pre drinks before I left. <laughs> so I was in a good, good mood. Good mood. You were. And then we got Get to in. the bar, and it was happy hour, and it was espresso martinis for ten dollars, and yep. I think you smashed down two as well as a beer. I um I had a so there was fifteen minutes left of happy hour, and I was like I'm not going to be a fool, 
who just gets one drink. I'm ordering two no, for myself. Yes. So I got a pint and I got an espresso martini. Yes. And then before happy hour ended, someone else went to the bar and I requested, uh, it was another pint and it was another espresso martini. So two <laughs> pints at dinner and two espresso martinis at dinner. You were just, you were just on, you were just jittery <laughs> and tired at the same time. Uppers and downers, mate. You were, you were <laughs> which, both. Which, which was before we turn up. And then obviously we, 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 we had turned up to the venue and there was some waiting and I was bored and there was a bar. Was and a I bar. was like, you know what? I'm going to get another drink. Don't know what you all you people are doing waiting around. Well, we were trying and, to do, solve the puzzle. <laughs> the whole well, point the, of... guy, the guy was talking the whole gr- to the whole group and, and I, I couldn't really hear him. And then there was the bar over there with no line. And it was like, well, do I listen to the guy or do I go to the bar? I'll go to the bar. Uh, so I went to the bar. And then um, I'm standing there. You guys are on the other side because you're, you know, you you had different instructions than what I had. No, we didn't. I had had to to find this character called Swift. Yeah. And her profile was that she she was very stuck up. Uh And I called her Swifty. Uh And that character (laughs) didn't like being called Swifty, which I thought was hilarious. And... So, so, and she, I had to tell her something, but I couldn't remember what I had to tell her because I didn't read the instructions. Right. So she's telling me like, what's, you know, what do you need to tell me? And I'm like, well, I don't know what I need to be d- doing here. All I know I'm is very I need proud to of you. you. The whole way through, you just had yeah. no idea what was going on. And every no time I saw you, especially during the breaks, <laughs> you had another drink in your hand. <laughs> and then right at the end, everyone graduated and they're like special honors to these people. And somehow you were on that list as well. That's right. That's of, right. I got of on, the people I got who on got the clues and got the answers across the board. So I'm very proud of you. But we had Thank a great you. time. Would absolutely do one again. Um, but Church, I, you, I, I, I haven't told you how I spilt the drink. It's the important part of the story. This is the important part. I um, when the guy was talking, I was like, "I'll take a photo. I'll, t- I'll take a photo <laughs> of what's going on." You know, good, good, good to have these memories. Yeah, classic and... Frank work here. <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm as I'm leaning back, I've got this full glass, and it just. It, anyway, it spills all my, over my shirt. My Which, question thankfully, is... I had a I had a jacket, but more importantly, there was a, a person I didn't know who who had joined us as part of our group who was friends with Sorsha. Anyway, she turns out that she's a psychologist, and talking to her, she knows one of my work colleagues. Oh, there so you I was go. Like, I was like, oh shit! I made a fool of myself on Friday night. <laughs> I hope this doesn't get back to my work colleagues. So I'm I talking to one of my. I'm talking to one of my work colleagues and I'm like, oh, do you know, uh, do you know such and such? She's like, never heard of her. Oh, because she knows you. She's like, oh, how do you know? Oh, I was at this event from Friday night. Uh, no, no real, no real reason. But you sure you don't know this person? <laughs> you really had to double check. That's right. They only knew you as Agent Frank anyway. They wouldn't have known your real name. So your alias, your coffee alias name, your undercover coffee alias name Thank uh you. finally finally comes in handy absolutely right i don't know what you guys are talking about they keep talking about how they love the theme tune maybe because i it's the first time i've played the theme tune 
for a while when we've done a live show. Usually we just By go the straight way, into the it. Is tune getting slower? <laughs> <laughs> because I noticed it last time I was at your house. And I think maybe the time before that, I'm like, something's off with this theme tune. <laughs> Kieran. Hear it. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> this is the sixth time <laughs> in a row. Yeah. Six weeks I've been doing this. I've been slowing down the theme tune by three beats per minute. Uh-huh. Out for the this is the sixth week it's happened. All right, well, <laughs> I've I noticed... been trying to distract you and work it out. <laughs> I noticed something three weeks ago, I was like that doesn't sound right, because uh, especially last week, I was going to say something, but you went like straight into into whatever it is, and then it was like, all right, we're going into a rant. Okay, so yeah, so the long game has finally been uncovered. Um, yes, I've been slowing it down by three. For some reason, I had this in the back of my mind that this would be the funniest joke ever, and I, <laughs> I got the re- regular recording, I slowed it down, saved it, and in my mind, I was cackling to myself <laughs> for about 30 minutes. And then Jess finally comes into the room and goes, what is so funny? And I go, I've got this joke idea for Kieran. <laughs> I'm just every week. Let's see how far it goes till he realizes it that we, and I slowed down the theme tune and she didn't find it funny. And then I started to play her the theme tunes back to back with the different yeah. speeds yeah. and she lost it. Also, Alice knew, and I'm pretty sure Rodongo <laughs> knew as well because I mess- he messaged me about something else. So, for everyone's listening pleasure, we're going to listen to what the theme tune is <laughs> and what the theme tune ended up. And I actually p- saved some today a little bit slower just in case you didn't pick it up today. But this is the last week I actually had it ready to rock and roll. Right, all right. Well, well done, I, mate. To- I made it. I graduated. You made it. You made it. So, this is the regular theme tune speed. You know, fast, upbeat tempo. Yep, yep, this yep. is what it was today. <laughs> so you got you know, every week you got a bit slower. Yeah. I think it was that week I I noticed. Now, I hoped it never got to this, but this was so it, the usual theme tune is at 120 BPM beats that's per minute. Beats per minute. That's right. That's right. Um, this now. This is yeah. what I, I only just saved this out. This goes down to 90 BPM, and this is what I, I knew by at least this stage you would notice. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. To be honest. So I I thank you, I, everyone, for keeping the joke quiet and I letting me just do it. I, I can, can't I, believe I, I got away with it this far. Part of me also goes, I think it was last week as well. I was like, I wonder if his computer's just having a fit. <laughs> Every week. If you go back and listen to the episodes, but just the beginning of them, 
You can hear me going like, oh, I'm like, you're going to do it? And you go, woo, and it distracts you a little bit. I try and get you a little bit distracted by doing things. I try to like cheese you or whatever it is. So I, I was wondering why you were finding my woos so funny. It was pretty great. It was pretty great. <laughs> so, yes, so I've been finding it extra funny because I felt like you weren't recognizing that the song was slowing down. And in my mind, like I could hear it straight away. So I was laughing already <laughs> off the bat. There was one episode, I think it was like the third or fourth one, where you didn't have your headphones on <laughs> because you got those other oh, headphones. Oh, right. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm like, oh, what a free night. What a free, <laughs> n- <laughs> free night of jokes. So it worked out very well, very well. But Kieran, thank you for indulging me in the long six-week prank. I can't believe it 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 uh it actually worked. I'm I feel like it's very funny. I don't know if anyone else finds it as funny as I do, but I make me laugh and that's that's all that really matters in this world. But I do have a rant. I hope you have a rant too, but I've definitely got a rant. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen is my rant today. Uh-huh. I think he is a unfunny, uh-huh. uh, politically juvenile, uh, horrible person right? who is not funny and wants to stop comedy. Well, you said not funny twice. I'll say it 400 times. I'll say <laughs> 400 times. So I hate this guy. I've hated him for a while. I, ho- I don't know how anyone else feels about him. Now, now backtrack. Seen- this, okay, you hate him when he did Borat. Okay, no, I th- at one stage I didn't hate him, and as time has gone on, purely or because Ali of his G. actions, purely because of his right. actions recently over the past at least five years, yeah, and his decline in quality of films. Mm-hmm. Give me one second. I don't Give like him thing. anymore. Okay, yeah. good. So. First thing, like the you know when you had the Ali G show, funny, and obviously Borat is an absolute comedy classic staple film. That mockumentary, what is real, what isn't real, film, amazing, right, amazing. And then he had films like Bruno, and I watched that, and that's not very funny. It's very one joke. It's about a gay guy. Well, tried after to Borat, Borat, after Borat the, the mockumentary is basically the same format. Well, that's the thing. So when I think of mockumentaries, the, the, the greatest mockumentary of all time is this is Spinal Tap. Yeah. So even if I compare Borat, you know, Borat was about 100% shock, hu- excuse me, shock humor. You know, the, the biggest scene in that is when they kidnap pa- Pamela Anderson. And the naked fight scene through the... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the, it's definitely the yeah. naked fight scene. Exactly right. Very much shock humour. Whereas Spinal Tap, on the other hand, is about proper comedians, comedians, saying jokes in the driest possible way, like it was a real documentary, to the point of where, like, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, all these rock bands actually thought they were a real band and wanted them to tour with them. Because mm. that's how much it was. It felt real to these rock stars. But going on forward in his career, he did stuff like, you know, Borat. He did The Dictator. Uh, he's done a few other little films here and there. 
and most recently, obviously, um, he's done you know, This Is America, whatever that show was. I didn't watch that one, I must admit. Oh, i got to admit, I think he would enjoy This Is America. Maybe no, so. Who, who Is America, I think it is. Who, who Is America, America? yeah, yeah. I, I think you would enjoy that. Okay, well, maybe I'll have to give it a go. Because I do like to give But I did watch come, the latest I'll come, Borat, I'll come Borat over. Too. I'll come over and we'll yeah. watch Who Is America. Okay, no worries. It's on Prime? Yeah. Prime. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll download it if we have um, to. And I'll watch the latest Borat. Yeah. Now, out of all that thing, his comedy is very shock humor. It makes fun of Jews. It makes fun of gay people. It makes fun of the LGBTQI community. It makes fun of Republicans. It makes fun of of uh, of everyone, right? Uh-huh. All across the board. Recently, he won an award for the Comedy Genius Award. Now, just hearing that, number one, Remember the uh, South Park episode with Funnybot and they give him an award and it's like, no, a w- comedy isn't meant to be given. You're not meant to give people awards in comedy because then people take it seriously and it's stupid. Yeah. Him accepting this award and being like, oh, how great is this? She's so ridiculous. Because if we ever won, I'll tell you what, if we ever won a podcast award. Yeah, but a there... podcast award is different to a no, comedy a award. If we won a podcast award, we would take the, the Mickey out of it. Yeah, of course we would. Because <laughs> it's bullshit. Like, you know, unless there's a dollar value coming in from this award, I, I don't really care. This is like, you know, giving yourself an award. It doesn't mean anything. You know, this is why your award show never works or the 420 award show by at your wedding, uh, the guy at your that wedding, cool can I present... At your wedding, can I present the the uh, groom? No, the the award, right? Like I hand you Jess as an award, or I hand you to Jess as an award. <laughs> I don't think either of us won each other as an award. I don't think <laughs> I don't think that's a good prize for being fantastic at something. But anyway, he accepted all the award. Then- the newest, the newest married couple. I can get you. I can get you some gold. Oh, we're medals. pretty fresh. <laughs> we'll be pretty fresh at that point in time. Coming from the torpedo, I think that might be might be uh, quite meaningful. But uh, making sure that's not your only gift that you give us. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I don't know. But... Someone might be lucky enough to get a spoon. <laughs> one. One singular spoon. That's it. Um, anyway, he then proceeded to cancel himself because he doesn't believe cancel culture is a real thing. Uh-huh. So he came on and cancelled himself for all the older things that he's done. So do you know what cancel culture is? Yeah, yeah it's where the, the people, you know, said something politically incorrect and uh, people go, yeah. you know. Yeah, so a good example cannot, of that you know, is... You do it anymore. Exactly. What's that, what's that short uh, black comedian's name? I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Uh, he was going to host the Oscars. Yeah. And but he, then he and then they found some tweets. Went back, found some tweets yeah, like of his. ten years ago, that were yeah. homophobic. Yeah, and they said no, you can't host the Oscars anymore. I'm like, well, that's that's messing with your livelihood for some, for most likely like a joke that you've written, right? He's that. So this is Sacha Baron Cohen going back to him. He's done that. He's cancelled himself because it's like, oh, how ironic! You can cancel yourself because obviously cancel culture isn't real. Then he's come out not too long ago, saying that Twitter is the biggest cause of anti-Semitism in the world. 
and he's blaming Twitter for the rise of it. Now, remember, right. let's go back to the Borat character, right? Uh-huh. How many times did the Borat character say that they hated Jews? Especially in the first film. Well, that's funny because you know the actor's Jewish. I know, but why would you, you know, go, oh, you could still make jokes about it. That's absolutely fine. But how many people went, actually, I kind of believe this Kazakhstanian character that he's created oh, and believe that... believe that. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. So I think... Some people go, believe oh, the, the actor that was in prison break was a real prisoner. Yeah, well, you know, some people are special. What can I say? <laughs> some people think that we actually do a proper show, but here we are. The fine okay, so there's more, there's so much stuff. I'm going to try and do a quick whip around. One of the things that he gets, he's t- decided to become like Sarah Silverman and a few other, you know, comedians to put the, you know, have decided to become political pundits, right? And have decided that their opinion as a comedian is worth a lot in the public's eyes. So uh-huh. last year, he came out. And said that this law that was coming out, um, Section Two Thirty, was. Um, he said it was a a good thing, right? And Section Thirty uh, Two Thirty was going yeah. to. So if you say something bad on social media, uh-huh. then it's not your responsibility of what happens. The liability of that goes to. Twitter or Facebook or wherever you posted it. Right. So anyone can say anything on there and they have no responsibility, but the platform itself now takes responsibility for what you've said. But isn't that, isn't Twitter more like, you know, uh, Telstra or Optus, the carrier service? Yeah. It's just a host. So he wanted Twitter for all this anti-Semitism or whatever racism, sexism, you know, that sort of stuff, for them to take responsibility for what other people have said uh-huh. in that sort of sense. But that's not their responsibility. That's like going, you know, if these platforms are like, you know, meeting places in town, like town squares, that's what they're the equivalent of. Uh-huh. If you go there and say, you know, whatever racism, homophobic, whatever it is, thing... Uh-huh in the town square, it's not the town square's fault or the town's fault that you've said it. It's the individual's fault. So by pushing for this thing, uh, this section 230 to be approved, which didn't go through, thankfully, he would have basically been closing down all social media outlets ever and would have... Mm. The, the amount of responsibility a website Kurt, would have for its users, promise, it would be... I, I promise you that I'm going to try my best to get Sasha Barrett Cohen on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So you can confront him about Section 230 and his well, idiotic he, views. He's lost. He's lost. And, and I think it would be wonderful. And, you know, well, he wants I'll more restrictions. And... But on that, he continues to push, like, more like social media to be, to moderate, moderate more, 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 more through all this. This is, this is just me. Any adult on social media that a can't turn it off. Yeah. Or B just go, what the fuck are these people talking about and ignore it and move on. 
Uh, this is what I do. He's a comedian, right? He's he's not meant to be. He's he hasn't got any knowledge about this sort of thing. He's just trying yeah. to get some brownie points with God knows what, you know. But that's the thing. He's like, oh, you know, don't make fun of people like the LGBTQI ethnics, Jews, whatever it is on the internet. But he's a made, comedian's he's job career. is to make fun of everything. Fun of, that's right. So, but he's. Job is to make fun of everything. He's made a career. British, British Airways loses everyone's bags, whether you're Jewish, Islam, that's right. Australian, he's trying, to stop, he's trying to stop people making, even making jokes on social media about these topics, but he's made a whole fucking career out of it. That's it, right. You know, it's like, oh, I can do it, but you the can't. I'm holy. That holier than now. Hold the TV stations to account. The it's the holier than now. I'm I'm in the right. I'm in the, you know, the the elite people in, in Hollywood. You know, there, there's so many that do it. But in this case here, he's like, oh, I'm better than you guys because I've already done those jokes. I'm done with all that. But now no one else should be able to. You know, it's like, oh, it's like your parents back in the day would have drank and smoked and this and that. And as you're growing up, they're like, don't do that. It's like, well, you, you just, Church. Church. those who without sin I, cast I, the first I, stone. I want you to imagine something here. Don't get religious on me. All right. You're going to, okay. I'm going to turn, switch off so fast. All right. I want you to imagine something. All right. Five years time. You're really successful. You're really famous. You've moved to Hollywood. You've yeah. you've made you've made a good five hundred million. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to rephrase that. You're you're made a million or so. Okay, right, million you're climbing bucks. up. Nothing. You're climbing up quickly. Yeah, and the crowd that you're with, and you know you've got to be with this crowd to you know get more and more. Yeah, you have to turn SJW. No, I wouldn't. And you yeah, have to turn cancer not. culture. No. No, I absolutely would not because Bill Burr doesn't have to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there are definitely people in Hollywood that are not I actually SJW reckon the ones that, at all. I reckon the ones that don't are the best. I, I they are. I'm just like, you're hilarious. Fuck, you're great. You're, even Mel Gibson is great. You're like, true, you know, authentic. Authentic yeah. is the way to go. You know... Even, even like Adam Sandler's still doing like what he needs to do. He doesn't yeah. get involved. I think if you're a, an actor or an entertainer of any kind, do not get involved in politics. You know, I don't want to hear what Snoop Dogg has to say about abortion. I don't want to hear what, you know, Johnny Depp has to say about, I don't know, like social media. Republicans anything. buy... Michael Jordan's shoes too. Yeah, exactly best, right. Like, I remember watching that in the documentary. Jordan. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, everyone buys my shoes. Why would I alienate half of my audience? <laughs> Perfect. And, you know, play your basketball, gamble, do what you want. Just keep your politics to yourself because either you're going to lose half your audience, or eventually it's all going to backfire on you, and that cancel culture is really going to go for you one hundred percent. You know, because you're going to make one look. And uh, what's her name? Um, J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author, is the perfect example of that. The whole way through, she will like turn more SJW, trying to succumb to things like, hey, yeah, we've got to, you know, um, Dumbledore's gay. You know, the, the uh, what's it called? The there's a gay, there's a Jewish guy at the school, 
and then all of them turned on her because she made one subtly wrong opinion about something very small. Rodonga, you're absolutely right. Sasha Bocon is the Maddox of cinema. Once funny and respected, it went off the deep end, the SJW train. I don't know what it is about these these comedians that decide, yeah, we've got to jump 100% fully in. Because, again, like you said, Kieran, they lose half their audience. They lose They lose the grit. They lose that realism. They lose See, that... I, I still would consider Sasha as an actor rather than a comedian. He, maybe he doesn't do stand-up, but he, his yeah. films are all comedic. They are. There's that comedic but... element within it. I mean, that's like, you know, like... You know, they're trying to go for Joe Rogan at the moment, the same type of thing. He's a comedian that happens to host a podcast, hmm. right? And they're going after him because they've said he said something wrong. He's got such a stranglehold of... And we're podcasters the... pretending to be comedians. You know, so yeah. it all works. Yeah. It all works out, you know. Huh? Did I, you I like just... that one? Did you like it's that? It's very good. Thank it's you. very good. Um, I, I, don't know, I just don't like him. And even the people of Kazakhstan have come out over the years and gone... He's definitely not a representative of our country. We actually don't like it. It's like a negative. It's massive. Like, you know, he goes, oh, you know, I make fun of Jews. I'm Jewish. Ha, ha, ha. But he's making fun of Kazakhstan, the, the Kazakh people. And they don't like the stereotype that they, they've given him, that they've given yeah, their country. And I understand it's meant to be funny and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, he's, he's having his cake and eating it too. I'm making fun of Jews and the Kazakhstan people but you're not allowed to make fun of Jews, but I'm allowed to make fun of the people of Kazakhstan. Well, okay, buddy, you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't. And that's why you're not funny anymore. And that's why Borat 2 was a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I, I think he played it, Borat 2, he played it too safe. No, he played it too scripted. The yeah. best thing about the original Borat was... This is the difference between Borat 1 and Borat 2. Borat number 1 was he was this character learning about the culture of America. And he wasn't really the funny one in that film. Yeah. The people around him were funny. And it was the, It's like it was the, the Seinfeld sh- effect. It was the shock it's, humor of Exactly. of him going along with what they've said. Yes. yes. Exactly. Is that it's that Seinfeld effect, you know? In the in the show Seinfeld, Seinfeld is the straight man, but he's you know, a comedian. Everyone else around him is funny. He's the straight man. He's the middleman, you know? Hmm. He was the same in the first Borat film. Again, had a few funny lines, had a few funny things, but it was that interaction that he had with other people that made what he said funny. Hmm. In the second one, he had all these scripted things like the dance he did with his daughter or going into the same... Like, how many times did he go into that place to do a telegram and you just knew, like, you know, like, yeah, this character's going to come in and tell you to write something down. Like, you just knew. It, it it was a completely different vibe. And you could tell, like, most of it was scripted. And then the, the COVID stuff that went through was obviously a last-minute thing that they added into the, into the story. And that's now that's dated that film exactly to the time of COVID, whereas I think Borad is a little bit more... A little bit more timeless in that in that regard. Borat is a timeless film. Yes, I, I do. Give yeah, that. exactly right. Um, so you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, go fuck. He can go fuck himself. What do we do about the people that that are now preaching in areas they shouldn't preach? 
they do whatever they want. At the end of the day, they can do whatever they want. It's that libertarian de- de- debacle, right? Yeah. You yeah. want them to shut the fuck up, but you also <laughs> want them to live their life. Great example. This was my other rant today, the libertarian debacle. Yeah. I went down to the park with Dweezil, taking for a walk, right? Oh, very nice. Perfect sunny day. Lovely yeah. day. And on the park, now this is during my uh, lunchtime last week at work. Uh, during my lunch break, take Dewey's for a walk. It's sunny. It's like you know, one o'clock, perfect weather for a walk, right? And we don't go, we walk past the park. We don't walk on the park. We walk past it, right? But on the park itself, on the football oval, there's a couple of guys hitting golf balls. As you do. Right? Yeah. It's, you, you shouldn't be hitting golf balls at a park. Like across the board, the rule is you can't hit golf balls at a park. One, because of the you know the danger factor, and two, because it's used for sport, it you leave divots, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you shouldn't be doing it now. Now, if it's technically a big park, park, if it's a big park and no one else is around, and no, nah, they're down nah, one Go end. to a driving range. That's what a driving range is for. Okay. You know. So this is that dilemma, right? They're not hurting anybody. No one else is on the park. But technically, no one can use the park because that they're there. Right? So, should I tell them off? Or do I just keep ignoring them like I've just been doing? Well, are you... Again, as a libertarian, it's like... uh, Are you going to be impacted at the park? Well, I would have liked to... Well, I would have liked to let Dweezil off the lead and let him run around. But I also don't want him to get hit by golf balls. Or have the potential... Of hitting, being hit by golf balls. So it actually yeah. stopped me from doing what I want to do, which was perfectly legal. But then yeah. it's technically illegal, but it's only illegal if no one gets hurt. Right. The libertarian de- debate there. Very, in my head, it was playing with me all fucking weekend. And uh, I was going to bring in next week once I thought about it a little bit more. But now, now it's all there. Everyone can do whatever they want, I guess. But just, you know. I think when you when you're doing the wrong thing, the wrong place. I know it's cost. It's a lot of money to go to a dri- driving range. A call twenty bucks to hit a hundred balls. Just, just pardon. It's all twenty bucks to hit a hundred balls at the yeah. driving range. It's it's a you know if you're playing golf, you have enough money to go to a driving range. Yeah, true, true. Um, I I can't argue that one. I can't argue that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kieran, you got some news or a rant? Jesus, this is a long uh, episode, but I guess. I do. I do indeed. Um, no rant for me this week, other than yep. um, I've got a cold and I don't like it. Oh. Uh, missing man found dead inside Spanish dinosaur statue. <laughs> Fantastic. How did Police that happen? In- How does that, does that happen? <laughs> police in Catalonia are investigating the death of a man who was thought to have become trapped inside a large dinosaur statue while trying to retrieve his mobile phone. Officers mm. were called to this, the statue in Santa uh, Coloma, Coloma de Gra- I don't know, anyway, town near Barcelona after a man and his son noticed something inside the paper mache uh, Stegosaurus on Saturday afternoon. A spokesperson for the regional police force said the 39-year-old man was uh, not being treated as suspicious. What? 
Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. So there's a di- there's a there's a guy dead stuffed in a paper mache dinosaur. Yeah. And it's not suspicious. Correct. That is the most suspicious thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, <laughs> it is an accidental death. There was no violence. The person got inside what? the statue's leg and got trapped. It looks as though he was trying to retrieve a mobile phone, which he dropped. Oh, so he wasn't dead. Yeah. I thought you said he was dead. No, he's dead. He died in the statue. Oh, so he did die. Oh, okay. So, okay. It's yeah. a little bit sus. It is a little, it's bit, a little sus. bit sus. Like, if you're around a dinosaur and you somehow lose your phone in the dinosaur, you would think you would be around somebody else. It's paper mache. Yeah, just terrible. It's paper mache. Yeah, how thick it's is paper like, mache? It's almost like the um the person who's so scared. What's the what's the the parable? The person's walking in a cemetery and is so scared or something like that, and bends down to tie the shoe and he's wearing a, a sword and the sword like sticks through the coat, uh, like the, the coat and then like traps. I don't him know and, this parable. And, yeah, and then the police find the person the next day and the, they're dead. And he panicked so much that he didn't take his coat off and just froze to death. It sounds a little bit like that. Um, it's, I'm not quite sure of that parable. Which 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 Bible are you reading? <laughs> I don't know. It's in one, it's I don't yours. know if it's a parable. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a guy. Now, look, here. I've had my aunt, uh, I've had surgery on my leg before. Yeah. And it was scary happening at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but how's this? Man has wrong leg amputated in, tr- and tragic is in quotes. Tragic hospital mix-up. Oh no! <laughs> so it's got it's in Austria, right? The guy is eighty-two years old, and he needed his yeah. left leg removed at the mid thigh, right? So that's quite wow. a way up his leg. Yeah. Due to a and what they call a human error. His right leg was amputated instead. That's not good. <laughs> I mean, so what was the issue? Now, I remember when I got my leg, like, like had surgery on it to get some, some metal in there and fix up the broken bone. Uh-huh. They marked which leg, like they put like big circles around the leg or the spot that they were going to work on. So they knew when they got into the surgery, they wouldn't fuck it up because, you know, that right left leg circle the place, you know, and what roughly they were going to do while I was still awake. So that way I can go, no, it's definitely the other leg if, if yeah. there was an issue. Appar- apparently they didn't do that. They didn't mark down his leg or anything like that. Oh, no. So he's gone <laughs> into surgery, woken up, oh, and the wrong leg has been cut off. Because they didn't mark it up. So, how's this? This is the best bit of the story, in my opinion. He still needs to get the other leg amputated. Mm -hmm. And to help him out, they've offered him psychological assistance. (laughs) Uh, Get a lawyer and sue. That's what I would say. Get a lawyer and sue. I I would say, yeah, I think the hospital should just give him money until... And for yeah. the rest of his life. Start off with, the, you know, how much they think a leg is worth to a human person and uh, double it and then and then go from, go from there, I think. 
the fuck? But can you imagine? It's like, oh, sir, we're very sorry. We have to put you back under, cut the other leg off. So now you're not just hopping around on a crutch or put it, you can use like one synthetic leg. <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> and now he's got, now he's wheelchair bound forever and just get psychological testing. <laughs> Poor man doesn't have a leg oh. to stand on. Oh, amazing. That is, I like how they've called it tragic in quotes and it's human error. I think there's a little bit more going on than human error <laughs> than that. I th- maybe someone had a vendetta against him. But that, that's amazing. Or incompetence. Uh, you know, I know a doctor that's incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, set anyway. yourself up for that. Too, um, too good. Rodongo, yes, I'm, um, that was great. Uh. <laughs> I've got another story. I've got a quick story before we watch some conspiracy uh, sh- theories, if you want. Shut up for a sec. Uh, uh, a, a couple... Uh, <laughs> uh, a couple has uh, got married on an aeroplane uh, to avoid uh, COVID restrictions on wedding guest numbers. <laughs> How good is that? It's ah, amazing! How many, how many people can fit on a plane? Like... 200 depending on the type of more plane. um yeah a wedding a wedding on a chartered flight has won uh four marks for an ingenuity uh but it's under investigation over the violation of covid safety rules oh was the bride it, and groom and their families hired a space jet uh so this is in india uh boeing yep. 737 plane so that's about 250 people that's a fair amount that's a fair amount i mean you're gonna include the catering staff and the dancers, so knock off 50 well, people. <laughs> but isn't that just not brilliant? And you can party and, That's great. and dance. Do whatever you want. Around. You're already in the yeah. air. I think Good on them. That was yeah. That's pretty great. As long as they weren't covering, as long as they weren't drinking cow urine and covering themselves in cow dung at the wedding, like we discussed last episode in India, I think we're I think we're going to be alright. But I think the people that can hire out a whole jet for a wedding, I don't think they're the same people that are doing those <laughs> those certain activities. I don't know how we missed this article last year, Kieran. Uh, around Christmas time, but Walmart at Christmas time last year, I had to bring it in because I needed your opinion. Christmas time last year, Walmart debuted the My Life as Autism Advocate doll. What? So they've released they've, they've released a new doll as part of the yeah. My Life as series yeah. of dolls, and this one here is the Autism Advocate doll. So this, <laughs> it's the perfect companion, apparently, for kids who want to help others to learn how to be kind, patient, and support everyone, especially people with autism. So it's a doll, and apparently the doll <laughs> is designed to look like it has autism. It's a female doll. It comes in black and white, <laughs> dark skin, light skin. And okay, this is a little bit. This with, is a little bit. I have to say, this is a little bit wrong because it's only really those with fragile X that you sort of look and go, something's not quite right. You might be autistic, right? Every other Kieran, person with Kieran, autism, every other person with autism, just is a standard person. Okay, Kieran, this is where it gets funny. So it comes dressed in certain attire and. And this is what killed me. Comes with a red vest with a grey t-shirt and a denim skirt. Okay, pretty normal 
girl uh, attire at this point. And then the accessories are is a rubber ba- bracelet. Okay, get that. A toy cell phone. Happy with that. A fidget spinner. <laughs> and headphones. And a beanie. <laughs> I'm like, okay, are they taking the piss? And then I scroll down the article and find out more, right? And they're going to continue to expand this selection. So previously in the year, they had already had like a gymnast doll, a gymnast, like, you know, a girl that did gymnastics, again, black and white. And I'm like, well, what's wrong? Like, you know, that sounds like a pretty normal Barbie doll that you can get, like, you know gymnast barbie with the ribbon and all that sort of stuff what's so special about this gymnast doll it has a prosthetic leg (laughs) and and (laughs) yeah we all are redongo we all are i think but i'm like okay that's such a niche market like i think people girls that do gymnastics and have prosthetic legs i think i'll just as many people in the world that have did and have more than a hundred people in their brain. Oh, good on him. Good on him. You know? Okay. Now they've got one more doll, which apparently is coming out soon. And I think this is the one I want. It's, (laughs) and I think this one's the worst one. The, my life as a survivor doll. And it's a doll that has cancer. You know, kids just want to play with dolls. I <laughs> now look. I remember as as a kid, like what I wanted. Like I was a gymnast, and then I played soccer and all that sort of fun stuff. But you know what? Like I'll say dolls, but action figures that I wanted. I wanted all the Power Rangers. <laughs> you know, I didn't want someone that was exactly like me. I wanted something to aspire to. I wanted to be the hero. I wanted, you know, the Power Rangers. I wanted, you know. Spider-Man, I wanted, you know, all that sort of fun stuff. I never went, you know what I really want? I want a short, stubby Italian boy that uh, is also a soccer player. Like, I never wanted that. (laughs) I I never wanted that doll. I want a balding... uh... (laughs) I would love love a uh, 30-year-old male male doll that... uh, Uh, Two feelings in their teeth. Drinks uh, too much, wears glasses, <laughs> grows a terrible beard. That's my. That's the doll that I'm after. Goes to the gym and is still fat. That's the yeah. doll that I'm after. Right? Goes to the gym four days a week and is still fat. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the doll I want. Or Perfect. That's it. Coming soon Wait. to the fictional, <laughs> fictional. Uh, we have to do one take podcast uh, merchandise. We've got the worst list of merchandise, spoons, <laughs> collectible spoons, and one-off dolls of us as children, but looking exactly the way we do now. Fantastic. Oh, Fantastic. And mine, mine will say a jumper with Deacon. Oh, yeah. Can you even... But it's a, it's, it's, it actually is just a jumper that says Deacon, but Deacon is written like in terrible font. <laughs> Slightly crooked, you know? <laughs> Uh, that's all the news I've got today. Look, I wrote all these notes, and it's all me. I was angry at Sasha Baron Cohen this morning when I wrote the notes before I did my COVID test, and then they shoved that thing in my nose, and uh, just wasn't feeling it anymore. I know. Um, I'm not sure if Alice is still here or not, but uh, uh, she can back us up. We've talked shit for 51 minutes. We're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well. Yeah, it's good. 
it's pretty easy when uh, we're doing it for 146 episodes. <laughs> oh, do you want to do a little bit of conspiracy theories? Yeah, let's do a little bit of conspiracy. Bit. So last time we left off, we were to, uh, learning about sacred geometry and how sacred geometry is in everything from sunflowers to spirals to dolphins to the Fibonacci sequence to phi and all that sort of stuff, all those ratios. And here we go. We're continuing on. We're adding it to the stream as we speak, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going to watch a little bit more of the spirit science video. I think this is about 24 minutes in if you'd like to t take a look at it yourself on their own YouTube channel. But obviously, you want to watch it here. Here we, here we go, adding it to the stream. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. You know you love it, Kieran. Yep. There's a reason for this, but we'll get to that in a moment. Let me show you the importance we used to place on this golden ratio. In ancient times, we built many structures based on phi because we understood divine proportion. This is the pagoda of Yakushiji Temple in Japan. It's built... They've literally just put <laughs> a bunch of ratios things next to a temple and hope for the best. Well, we literally put a microphone next to us and hope for the best. That's very true. It's very true. At least ours actually works. This is this is this. Uh, well, what's that not word? when we first started. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. Remember when we only had two microphones and we had a guest? That was amazing. Yeah. Don't listen to our first ten episodes, boys. <laughs> With these same mathematics, from the doorway to the ball on top of the temple, it is a structural embodiment of the proportions that all life holds. The Parthenon in Greece also has the exact same mathematical structure, but even more. It's a Fibonacci. Um, <laughs> it's a Fibonacci. Yes, it is a Fibonacci. You did it, Kieran. You found your Fibonacci. More. I recommend watching Nova's Secrets of the Parthenon if you wish to learn more about this, because the stuff that they find is really cool. The Great Pyramid in Giza also has these proportions. They're incredibly precise, perfect in every way. You'd think that by building these structures using the logical and mathematical proportions so carefully that they would hinder the creativity behind these buildings, but they really don't. In fact, the left brain understanding all of this can even enhance creativity if used correctly. It makes me wonder about all of the world-famous buildings of the modern world. Could phi be a large factor in what makes them stand out? Let's move on to our next sequence, which is called Fibonacci. Now, the Fibonacci hey! sequence is life's way of creating the golden mean. Allow me to explain. This sequence is continually made from adding the previous number to the current. One and I know you like your Fibonacci sequence. There's a whole song or album by the band Tool that uh, apparently uses the Fibonacci sequence to, the, to create the song in some way. Um, I don't know. I can't remember which one it is, but you should look into it because it sounds like uh, you'd be you'd be up for that. But you're right, Rodongo. It's almost like the pyramids are made of triangles, <laughs> right angle triangles, and they sort of just, you know, naturally work. Who would have thought? One is two. Two and one is three. Three and two is five. Five and three is eight. You can see how it continues. Now, what most people don't know about Fibonacci is that it actually continually strives closer and closer to the phi ratio. By dividing the current number into the last, you can see this happening. One into one is one. Well, that's not close at all. Two into one is two. This time it's over phi, but closer. Three into two is 1.5, which is under, but closer still. Five into three is 
This time it's over, but even closer. Continuing with that, it's 1.6, and then 1 1.625, 1.615384, 1.619. You know, they've, they've done this curve, mm. right? Um, but if they're saying the baseline is 1.618, and then you've got the point sets, 1 and 2, and then 1.5 and 1.66, it wouldn't be like a curve, like a parabola or anything. It would just be like jagged sawtooth <laughs> that's how you would connect up the dots yeah yeah it's interesting that it's curved yes yeah it, it the curve is well, just something it? that they've added to make it look nicer but it would just be up down up down up down you know what is the point the, of this the straight line uh, i it, it's used for buildings oh okay apparently well we'll find zero, out zero four eight and so on it continually oscillates over and under the phi ratio, never quite making it there, but continuing on closer and closer every time, until eventually you can't even tell the difference. Because phi is an infinite number, this sequence will go on forever. Let's look at some spirals in nature, another way that phi and Fibonacci can manifest. This is a nautilus shell. Many people will say it's phi, but it's really Fibonacci. See how when it's in its earliest form, it's crude, not smooth or anything? One look and you can tell that's not phi. But as it goes up farther and farther, it gets closer and closer to phi. It becomes a nearly perfect phi spiral by the time it's all the way out here. This also happens with sunflowers, pine cones, and many plants in nature. In many cases, such as the pine cones and sunflowers, it flows in a double spiral or more, much like the spiraling arms of a galaxy. From the microcosm to the macrocosm, spirals are always present. So phi is basically source, or spirit, or god, in a mathematical way of thinking. There you go, Kieran. So, your god is that's a big this. That's a big jump. <laughs> your god is five. Right, the logic, <laughs> the logic of um, um, this is a can of Coke, and this can of Coke also just equals when I drink it, I'm smart. Yep. <laughs> This is also a random number that has uh, some sort of similar properties all over nature. It's also God. <laughs> like, that's the jump that they've... I'm interested. All right, I'm interested. I want to know how this... What, what Fibonacci is in comparison to Phi in this, in this, in this sense. <laughs> the math of God. Don't forget that this sequence is an intimate part of nature itself. I'm going to call it source. It is the source of all mathematical sequences and all life in existence grows based on phi. However, phi has no beginning and no end. Life doesn't know how to deal with that. It's like Source says, go and replicate this, and life says, we don't know how. Because life doesn't know how to create from something that has no beginning. So it creates the Fibonacci sequence instead, which has a beginning, but starts out crude, very basic, and then continually goes closer and closer to Source, becoming more divine every step. It does take steps too, which actually has quite a bit to do with evolution. Let's move on for now, though. <laughs> so eventually, Kieran, our next step in our evolution, we're going to be floating. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Come on, you're the you're the you're the fireman here, and the Fibonacci man. We're we're getting there, getting there. I want to. I look. I want to float. The only other sequence you need to know for this is binary sequences. This is a sequence like 2, 4, 8, 16, 32. We're just doubling the last number instead of adding it to the previous one. We're all very familiar with this. 
Binary sequences are found in life as well. For example, mitotic cell divisions are binary. We go from being a single cell being to having over 100 trillion cells in only 46 divisions. Binary sequences are also how computers work by turning on and off chips. Computing at its core anyways is binary. This is how a polar graph Yeah, computing at its core is 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 binary. <laughs> Zeros and ones. Yes. Maybe you yeah, do have to watch out for the occasional two. Oh. It's like uh Bender. Oh, he's having a nightmare. I thought I saw a two. <laughs> uh, let's have a look a little bit more. Usually looks with 36 radial lines in 10 degree increments representing the 360 degrees. Then concentric circles are drawn, each with the same distance away as the last, creating eight equal demarcations as the one before, counting the inside circle as one. Think about what this represents too. It's a two-dimensional drawing of a three-dimensional sphere, one of the sacred forms, by projecting it onto a flat surface. This is also called a shadow form, and casting shadows is a sacred way to obtain information. Also, a polar graph has both straight male no, lines and circular female you... lines. Touch. The only what? way a shadow is ever helpful is when you need to know that it's midday and you can start drinking. <laughs> or you're walking down the street and you want to see if uh, someone's behind you or, or something like that. <laughs> or standing, a shadow helps when it's really hot on the beach and you can stand in, in the shade. Yeah, that does help too, yes. That's a, yeah. uh, but it gives you information, remember that. I'm learning every single day I look at a shadow. Both male and female energies interacting at once. If you plot a golden mean spiral at zero degrees on the polar graph, it will loop all the way around before hitting zero again, exactly at the eighth circle. You'll find that this golden mean line crosses five specific places as it goes out. These places are where the female circular lines meet the male lines. It crosses at 120 degrees, 190 degrees, 240 degrees, 280 degrees, and then it jumps to 360 or back at zero, depending on how you look at it. What's interesting about this is that it creates both a binary and Fibonacci sequence. Looking at the radial increments from the center, it... I don't think that's tr tr true. I just love it how you can put lines anywhere and then just make stuff work. <laughs> it... The more I look at this and how this number this number system is working, I don't think this would actually work. And you're right, Kieran. You could actually put numbers. You could make this spiral bigger or this spiral smaller. And it would just have different reference points. This is like that argument with... I'm sure they're going to talk about it, about how music... Like, music is... We tune music as the note A and that's our reference point and music is that A note is the frequency 440 hertz and that's just what western music has decided is to be consistent across the board mm. but there's nothing stopping you from tuning your instruments to 320 hertz or 450 hertz, whatever it is but people have gone, oh, but 442 hertz is the natural way of humans' ears developed. But I guarantee you, if I played like four notes at one at 300, uh, 428 hertz, one at 432 hertz, and one at 440 hertz, 
your ear, because the way the human brain works, the higher the pitch, the nicer it will actually sound to your but to church, your ear. It, church, a person's not it's just going an to arbitrary know that. number. And, but church, they're not going to know that until they've had six attempts of it being different at a different frequency. That's right. <laughs> and then they'll be like, "Hey, it's a little bit different." It's very true. Uh, we've <laughs> only proven that today on on the show. But let's see. I bet you they're going to talk about how music is not right the way we do it, it we should do it differently crosses at one two three five and eight well that's fibonacci but it also crosses at two four and eight well that's a binary sequence we're going to look at the binary sequence in particular though because what you find is very cool if you draw lines from the outermost circles on the lines where the binary sequence was formed you get this image it is an equilateral triangle if you continue the spiral outward, it would continue to hit these exact same places and continue to form larger equilateral triangles. Let's divert yet again to look at something very interesting. There was a man named Keith Critchlow who discovered something very important to understanding the geometry of music. First, he drew a straight line through an equilateral triangle, and then he measured from the middle of the center line and drew a straight line up to the top edge and back down to the bottom corner. Then he did the same, but passed through the center line of the top and back down again. He did this yet again on the other side. You can keep doing this on either side as well. By drawing this funny little form, he discovered something of great importance. He writes, Continuing in this way, each successive proportion will be the harmonic mean between the previous proportion and the total length, and all of these proportions will be musically significant. 1 over 2 being the octave, 2 over 3 being the fifth, 4 over 5 being the major third, 8 over 9 being the major tone or step, and 16 over 17 being the half tone or step. Okay, I actually know a little bit about this because I'm a musician, I'm a nerd, and I know about this sort of ratio sort of things. So the, again, this is a ratio type of... Back in the day, the relationship between notation or between two notes was different on every single octave or between right. every single note. So these days, no matter what key you play in, despite what Spinal Tap tell you, uh, all the keys have the same tonality. So if you play like a C major scale and a D major scale, they're both going to sound roughly the same because the relationship between the notes are the same. Whereas back in the day, the relationship between the notes in a C major scale and a D major scale actually had different ratios between each note, causing it to sound subtly different. Now Nowadays, the, the ratios across the notes are always the same. So it sounds the same across the board. But back in the day, it used to sound different. And that's where you get these sort of, these are consistent sort of, right. I can't remember the special word. So it, it's a bit of a thing. So back in the day, yes, D minor might have actually sounded like the saddest key because of the relationship between notes in the scale. But nowadays, it's actually very consistent. It's called, I can't really like, a, a, a true harmony or balanced harmony or something so, like so, that. So, so church. If I was to play chopsticks, yeah. On a if you were to play chopstick on a regular piano, you could play it in any yeah. key and play yeah. the notes responding to the right key, and yeah. it would sound okay. If you were to play it like on an old timey piano, then you could only play it in one key. Every other key will actually sound wrong. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we've gone too far. Uh, a little bit more. A little bit more. All right. In other words, he discovered the geometries of music, or at least one aspect of them. 
Then he tried measuring it in a different way, starting at a different point of the center line. At 3 fourths, he found the measurements were 1 over 7, 1 over 4, 2 over 5, 4 over 7, 8 over 11, and 16 over 19. All of these numbers are musically significant. This is very interesting. It means that the harmonics of music are somehow related to the proportions of the central line moving through a tetrahedron. Back to the polar graph, you can see no! that- No! <laughs> it's just because how frequency works is... Well, well okay. Tench, what what I think you're missing, and let me tell you, ah! what I think you're missing is that this triangle and these sounds are going to be the frequency required to get the space Jews here on Earth. <laughs> and that's how we know we've we've uh, we've come to an end of the show. I would like to thank everybody for coming in and uh, watching the show live. We'll put this up on our regular feed. And if you'd like to follow us on uh, YouTube, please do. Please click the subscribe button. It really does help us out and shares the live streams with everyone involved. But for all your other wanking needs, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, the iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you'd like to send us some death threats, some hate mail, or a rant, record it on your phone and email us at weonlydoontakepodcast at gmail.com. Kieran, thank you so much for being on the show today. Always exciting to have you on the show. Always, always. And, and I may be a little and, bit slow, but I get there and I, I get your shenanigans. Well, and you know what? Let's play the theme tune at the slowest thing and dance it <laughs> away. And we'll see you all next Thursday. Can you imagine if I got it all the way down to the stage? Thank you.